What is going on, everybody, and welcome to RizzoCast. I'm Steven Rizzotto. This is a bit of a different episode of RizzoCast. I don't have a special guest with me. Usually, about right now, I'm introducing someone um, who is going to join me, and we're going to talk some baseball. But this is a little bit different. It's just me today talking baseball. And I don't do a whole lot of solo podcasts. I think I've done maybe less than five. One, two, three, maybe. I don't know. I'm just, it's never been something that I've wanted to model this, uh, this, this show after. Uh, so this is kind of a bonus episode. Let's call it that. I'm not numbering it. It's just going to kind of be my thoughts. And I have a lot of thoughts on this subject and they need to be disclosed. They need to be set free, I guess is the, the better word there. Um, and I picked the right time to do it, I feel, in my mind. We're a few days removed from the BBWAA voting on the annual Hall of Fame for Major League Baseball in Cooperstown, New York. And it's always a fun discussion to have in the wintertime. And I think this year, more than ever, it's been so much fun for me. I put Ryan Thibodeau, if you guys don't know Ryan Thibodeau, not Mr. Tibbs on Twitter, He's in charge of the ballots and the public ballots that go out. And he has a tracker and it's really fun to view the ballots, good or bad, and read the columns about the reasoning from the different writers that vote. And I've had fun with the process. I don't agree with a lot of the, uh, the votes. I agree with a lot of the votes. So there's some, 50 50 divide there with the baseball hall of fame and i won't lie to you i did not know when i woke up on on tuesday uh tuesday morning that it was hall of fame day it, it just it just didn't feel like a big thing and I, I i don't think the tracker has anything to do with that but there's just something about it um and i i want to disclaimer this discussion about the hall of fame by saying uh, I, I don't want to claim to have been a part of anything that happened um, in the steroid era. I was barely alive for it. I was born in 2002, a few years after the historic home run chase, right in the midst of steroids and baseball, right in the midst of Barry Bonds hitting homers out of the ballpark in the World Series at a, an elite level. Right in the midst of all of that. So I don't claim to be an expert on this time frame. I don't claim to have a feeling of any sort of euphoria that I felt from that time frame because I wasn't there. I'm simply somebody who has read up on the on the era. I feel like I've done a, a pretty solid job understanding the, uh, the the basics of what the era meant to the history of the game. Um, and at the end of the day, I have an opinion on this, not because, you know, oh, you know, I know people are going to say he wasn't even a part of it. He doesn't remember, but I'm a historian of baseball. I, that's how I consider myself. I consider myself someone who really cares about the history of baseball. And if we made mistakes, I think it's up to my generation of baseball fans to understand the mistakes and not make the same ones moving forward as baseball fans and of the different opinions we carry. Um, and I think that's also an interesting point because 
a lot of the voters today did not cover Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. A lot of them probably may not have even been born when either of them have debuted at the major league level. So it's it's very different. It's a very different time uh, of voting. And I think voting goes different ways. Um, but I do want to get into the specifics of how I'm feeling right now because I think I speak on behalf of most baseball fans and most baseball writers. Most baseball writers are in agreement with me on this on this subject. And the stats show. Now, I understand that to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame, you need more than the majority. That makes sense. I'm in agreement with that as well. Now, that doesn't mean the Hall of Fame made the right choice in leaving Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens out. Because frankly, they didn't. They did not. They didn't. They let baseball down in a big way. They let the baseball world down in a big way. Okay. There's so many people that have asked me what I think about this. And I thought this would be a good time to kind of shred and break down the process and what I think um, of it. And there's a lot of things that I think of. And every time I think I've reached my maximum capability of comprehending information on Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, the BDs, and the Hall of Fame, I learned one more great anecdote. I learned one more great tidbit. One more great piece of information I could use in a debate. It never stops. And I think that adds to the candidacy of these two guys and the other, some of the other steroid guys too. Um, I also want to say for the most part, the Baseball Writers Association of America has done a wonderful job over the years at electing Hall of Famers. They get it right consistently. They have in the past. They've gotten it right consistently. They voted in Hall of Famers. Some of the Hall of Famers that you may not you know, think are Hall of Famers came from the Veterans Committee. That's not on the writers. But for the most part, for the majority of the existence of that Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, the writers have gotten it right. But again, just to reiterate everything, they didn't this time. They made a big mistake. Okay. First and foremost, the Hall of Fame is a museum. Is a museum of the history of baseball. Okay. The history of baseball, not the good history of baseball, not the bad history of baseball, the overall history of baseball. Okay. And there was different, really, really dark spots in the game. I mean, there's a there's a time in the game where, you know, they went decades without having a black player. Integration took a while for some teams. Some players that are in there that are regarded as the best of all time competed against talent that might have been stronger if inclusion was involved. Okay. I think this upcoming era, we're going to think about things a lot differently. You know, media is just infiltrating everything that has to do with our lives, our well-being, our free time. We are just so trapped in social media, so trapped in coverage, so trapped in everything an athlete does in life now. And the game changes, eras change. We're going to be voting a whole lot differently. And I think as a result, 
you're going to start to see very good players who are even better people get inducted into the Hall of Fame. But that's neither here nor there. I want to continue to talk about the museum. In textbooks, in every single history class in America, there is good things and there is bad things. The same thing in every museum. Every museum. And the Baseball Hall of Fame is the best of the best when it comes to sports museums. It's not basketball where you got the pro basketball college. It's not that. It's not football where you let everybody and their grandmothers in. It's the inclusivist club. Is that even a word? Inclusivist? If not, I'm going to make it a word. It is the inclusivist. I don't, I can't even say it now. It is the most included club and exclusive. Let's talk exclusive. That's the word I'm trying to get at. God, I might have to take that part out. Exclusive club on the planet when it comes to sports hall of fame. Nobody has gotten it better than the baseball hall of fame at induction at just feel. And that's why it's the best. But I'm very concerned about the future of the Hall of Fame. I'm concerned about the future of the Hall of Fame because everything about it has become inconsistent and hypocritical. You cannot tell the history of baseball without Barry Lamar Bonds. You cannot tell the history of baseball without Roger Clemens. And if you want to take it a step further, you cannot tell the game of baseball, the history of baseball, without Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa in 1998. Remember where baseball was when that happened. Remember how many fans were such turn, were so turned off by the events four years earlier with the strike. Look how many bottoms sat looking at their television set that summer. And look how many bottoms sat in the ballpark that summer cheering for two guys who were viewed as such big heroes of the game. Sammy Sosa, who had the international uh, world behind him. The Dominican Republic was the Sammy Sosa Republic for that time. Mark McGuire, you know, someone who's an American-born ball player. You know, it, it was such, a, such an interesting and great time for the sport to be revived. And I know that if you're coming off of a strike in 1994, you don't want it to be, you, you know, you don't want the game to be brought back by bad. And that is what ended up happening. The steroid era was, it, it was not a great thing for baseball, but it also was something that was welcoming at the time. Right. I mean, fans wanted to see home runs. That was the sexy trend. They wanted to see excitement. They wanted star power. And if we're going to go leave out an entire era of baseball, then it's not a hall of fame. It's not a hall of fame. If you're going to go with the 1950s and on, on this wall, we have the plaques of the 1960s. And on this wall, we have the plaques of the eighties and the, and the, the early nineties. And then here's a wall that's completely freaking blank. Blank. Because for some reason, and, and I, I know the reason, I, you know, not just for some reason, the Hall of Fame has become irrelevant without the inclusion 
of some of these guys. And Barry Bonds is going to be the one that I'm going to really touch on today because it is so important in his impact on baseball, his impact on his team, and his impact on the record books cannot just be ignored. It's a museum. We can't leave out the, you know, Barry Bonds. Let's, let's be honest here. There's two guys that rival him in the game's history in terms of impact. Maybe not impact, but in terms of greatness. Babe Ruth, Willie Mays. And you could even make the argument he's better than both of them. And I would, I would take that as a valid argument. And the baseball writers feel that they cheated the game with PEDs, Barry Bonds and Clemens and Sosa, McGuire, um, Sheffield, you know, all these guys, Manny Ramirez, A-Rod, they cheated the game. And you know what? If, if baseball writers felt that way, I would not have an issue. I would have zero issue whatsoever. If all baseball writers came together and voted that, you know what? This was a stain on the game. They cheated. We should not let them in the Hall of Fame. I would understand that. But the main problem that I have with all of this is the inconsistency. Okay? Because you cannot vote for somebody like Mike Piazza, Jeff Bagwell, Pudge Rodriguez, three guys who have gotten in on the past, and not vote for Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens. What sense does it make? So we're, 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 what are we doing here? We're, we're just going to vote for guys that were under suspicion, but not the guys that did it, right? What's the difference? I mean, first of all, nobody's really educated about this that I've seen in terms of Piazza and Pudge getting in. Mike Piazza in his book wrote that part of his routine was using Andro, the, the steroid that Mark McGuire used. So he, in his book right there, he admitted performance-enhancing drugs, and the only reason he said that he stopped was because the media started picking up on it. And he gets into the Hall of Fame, and Barry Bonds doesn't. Pudge Rodriguez, who was mentioned in Jose Canseco's best-selling book, Juiced, as being someone who Canseco had personally injected with PEDs. And this book was written, and there's a lot of talk about it, and years later, Canseco ended up being spot on with every single name in that book. So automatically, by default, Canseco becomes a credible source in that situation. And Pudge gets in, no questions asked, not even raised eyebrows at all. Jeff Bagwell is a little different. I don't know anything about Bagwell's steroid you know, history. I think it might be even unfair to assume that he did. I don't know. I'd have to look more into it. But you have to imagine he played in that era. He was someone who put up numbers when, you know, he wasn't necessarily projected to have a Hall of Fame career. How in the world did he get in without hesitation? Well, I mean, it, it took a while for him to get in, but I don't even think, I, I think it took a while because voters just didn't think he was a Hall of Fame player. I don't think it had anything to really do with steroids. But why were people voting for Piazza and, and, and Bagwell and Pudge, but not Bonds? It makes no sense to me. And this year we saw some, you know, a, kind of a different, a different trend where David Ortiz was, you know, it was his first year on the ballot. And first of all, I want to congratulate David Ortiz for getting 
um, voted into the Hall of Fame. David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer, no questions asked, slam dunk Hall of Famer, who is arguably one of the most iconic Boston sports figures in history. He's up there with Ted Williams and Carl Yastrzemski as some of the greatest and most notable Boston Red Sox of all time. And you can make the argument he's the best DH of all time. And he's a great ambassador for baseball. So let's congratulate David Ortiz for having a great career and getting it. But there's a big but at the end of this. He failed the test in 2003. It was a survey test. I understand that the results were not supposed to made public to supposed to be made public. That's part of the reason why the players even agreed to do this, to take the survey test. Cause they said, you know what? We're going to have immunity, right? If we do this and baseball said, yes, everything's going to be fine. You guys will not, you know, this net will, this will never get leaked. You know, afterwards we're going to destroy the evidence. Everything, everything's going to be, well, it did get leaked. It did get leaked. And Ortiz ended up testing positive during this survey testing. It's a shame that it got leaked. It really is. But in a, in a way, you know, I'm glad that we have this example to, uh, to show. David Ortiz, who has a failed test, got into the Hall of Fame. And whether it was supposed to be made public or not, he got into the Hall of Fame with a failed drug test attached to his public image, not necessarily to his career accomplishment or not accomplishments, career record. You know, you won't see it on his official. Like if, if he was suspended again, it would be for 50 games. You know, that would be his first suspension. So this one doesn't count in baseball terms. But when we're looking at public image and the, the image that voters carry around with them, David Ortiz is a steroid guy. There's no other way around it. That's just a fact. It's a fact that he will forever live with still. And I feel bad that, you know, his days overshadowed just a little bit by the, the, the flat out exclusion of Bonds and Clemens. I feel bad that he has to answer all those questions about why Barry and Roger Clemens aren't joining him. I feel bad because he deserves it every single bit of it. But why is he in before Barry Bonds? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And these are the same writers that profited so greatly off the steroid era. They wrote articles that paid their paychecks. They wrote important stories about the era that paid their paychecks. They voted for yearly awards. They gave Barry Bonds seven MVPs. Seven MVPs. That's the most of all time. He got seven MVPs, and they can't give him a Hall of Fame vote. They can't give him a Hall of Fame induction, but they're fine with giving him the seven MVPs. That's inconsistent. Roger Clemens has the most Cy Youngs of all time. Who votes for Cy Youngs? The Baseball Writers Association of America. I mean, really, be consistent with it. There's steroid guys in the Hall of Fame already. 
There's guys that used amphetamines in the seventies and eighties that are in the hall of fame already. There's guys that, you know, who spit on the baseball who are in the hall of fame already. Bud Selig, Bud Selig, the commissioner of baseball who oversaw the entire era. Now, one thing about Bud Selig, I will say, and now looking at the situation that baseball is in, Bud Selig, I do genuinely, and, and this is a hot take, I genuinely think Bud Selig loved the game of baseball. He was, I, I consider him a baseball man, someone who cared about the well-being and the state of the game. But this is a nasty part of his legacy. And when he retired, the committee, the Hall of Fame, they could not wait to put his name on that veterans committee ballot. They could not wait to vote Bud Selig into the hall of fame. And the only reason Bud Selig acted during the steroid era, he knew the home run chase was happening. Steroids were not something that was hushed up upon in big league clubhouses. It was talked about guys hooked each other up with their suppliers. It's inappropriate to take this away from Mark McGuire. He's, you know, he's just because he's putting up big numbers doesn't mean he's doing steroids. You know, there were no rules back then. There were no rules back then. Nothing was getting tested for, at least consistently. And and Bud Selig is in the hall. I just keep going back to that. Bud Selig's in the Hall of Fame, guys. He's in the Hall of Fame. The only reason he acted was because. He received pressure from the entire country. Congress got involved. They said, get your stuff together. You and the Players Association, figure this out. And you know what? Barry Bonds, I mean, nobody really cares. I guess I shouldn't say nobody really cares. But everybody knows the numbers. Everybody knows the numbers. 762 homers. He fell like 75 hits short of, you know, 3,000. He had 2,558 walks. He had 232 walks in a whole season. In a whole season. 298 lifetime hitter. A 444 lifetime on base average. His lifetime OPS was 1.051. Think about that. In 2000, or, or sorry, in 2001, his OPS was 1.379. Nobody's coming close to that. His OPS plus was 200, or sorry, 159 points above the league average. The next year, in 2002, he was even better. Three, four straight MVPs, seven gold gloves, two batting titles. Sorry, eight gold gloves, two batting titles. I mean, 14-time All-Star. I don't know how much you put impact in the All-Star game appearances. This guy is the greatest baseball player of his generation. And you know what? You know how he was putting up those numbers? He was putting up those numbers in the best hitting park, or the worst hitting park in baseball at the time. Nobody wanted to, to hit at Pac Bell. Still, sluggers are still apprehensive about signing with the San Francisco Giants because of the ballpark. Because of the entire division in their ballparks. It's crazy. And he did all of this facing the guys that were on the same stuff he was on. He was facing pitchers that were on steroids. 
he was up against hitters, you know, in, in terms of the leaderboard and the, the, the record books at that time facing hitters who were doing the same things as him. And he still was better than all of them by so much. And nobody in baseball was smarter than Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds was an attraction at the plate. When he stepped up to the plate, fans jumped up. They stopped what they were doing. If they were making, if they were making dinner, the dinner burned. You know, who cares? Let's watch Barry Bonds hit. If they were at the ballpark and in line for concessions, you know, that, that $20 beer doesn't mean anything anymore when Barry Bonds is at the plate. I'll get it later. I'll get it in a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Barry Bonds is hitting. And we can't find a place in Cooperstown for this guy. All of his stuff's in there. The baseballs, the bats, it's all there. But we can't give Barry Bonds a plaque. We can't give Roger Clemens a plaque. Man, oh man. And yes, was he the nicest guy in the world? No. Was he a a horrible person to media? Absolutely. But if we really want to talk about character clause in the Hall of Fame, we really want to go into that debate about how he treated the media. And I don't know what percentage of people use that against him, but I'd imagine there's some. I mean, let's be honest. After seeing the ballots, there's some. (laughs) But if we really wanted to get in the character clause, Okay, look at Ty Cobb. Look at the piece of work that he was. Look at the look at the piece of work that Cap Anson was. Cap Anson, look him up. You'd be disgusted. Look at character clause. Don't give me character clause. There's three churches within, you know, walking distance of Cooperstown. If you want to talk about character clause, go there. Enough, enough. Uh, you know, leave it on the field. Not even to men- I didn't even mention the fact that this guy saved baseball in San Francisco. He got a house built in downtown San Francisco, or not a house, a ballpark built in downtown San Francisco. It's the house that Bonds built. The Giants had one foot into St. Petersburg, and he was part of that effort to keep them in San Francisco. And it sucks when the greatest offensive player, maybe of all time, and the greatest pitcher, maybe of all time, are not in the Hall of Fame. That's troubling to me. That's really troubling, troubling to me, especially knowing that the contemporaries that played against them, who also did steroids, one of them even admitted in his book, and still apparently, apparently that that cloud of suspicion was not enough because Piazza went right into the Hall of Fame, no questions asked. But maybe he was a nice guy to the media. Maybe he was. Gosh, I mean, it, it, can you understand why some people are just, you know, have had it with the Hall of Fame? Can you understand it? Because I can. And I wasn't even alive during this time. I wasn't even alive for years and years and years. of Barry. I was not alive for pre-steroids Barry Bonds. And a lot of the writers coming, and you know what? I will say this too. The Baseball Writers Association of America, um, or I should say the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame changed the years on the ballot from 15 to 10. And if they didn't do that, Bonds and Clemens would be in. And that was a direct correlation move to the steroid guys appearing on the ballot. 
a, a thousand percent. Because if you give them five more years, they're in. What are they? 60? He got, what did he get? 66%, something like that. Five more years, he's in. And the other thing, the people voting for this thing. I just mentioned at the uh, earlier on the show that a lot of them didn't even see Barry Bonds play or didn't cover Barry Bonds playing. That's true. You know what else is true? Some of these guys have not covered the sport in 20 years. Sorry, not 20 years, 30 years, maybe more. And they still have a ballot. Some of them, you know, Tim Lincecum's on the ballot. Some of them didn't even cover Tim Lincecum, didn't come close to covering Tim Lincecum because they were out of the game. Some of them are covering MLS soccer. Some of them are basketball writers. How are these people are even in the mix? How do they have a vote? It makes zero sense. And again, just to reiterate, if I were to see a ballot that did not have Bonds, Clemens, Ortiz, A-Rod, Manny, Sheffield, if they didn't, if, if all those guys were not there and if they did not vote for Piazza and if they, if they did not vote for Pudge Rodriguez, I would be fine with it. A thousand percent fine with it. But I think it's the most embarrassing thing on the face of the earth to vote in a guy who, whether it was supposed to be public or not, failed a drug test. They voted him into the Hall of Fame the same year that Barry Bonds falls off and Roger Clemens falls. Two guys, you know, we had this debate for 10 years about them. 10 stinking years we were talking about this guy, these two guys, and if they should be in the Hall of Fame. They had the PED stuff attached to them. That's why they're not in the Hall of Fame. But on that tenth year, the writers have the you know the, the 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 balls to vote in David Ortiz into the Hall of Fame. And again, people are going to keep saying that it wasn't supposed to be public testing the survey. I understand, but we can't hide from it now. What's happened happened, and what happened apparently had no effect on the writers. When I saw ballots that had Ortiz and not Bonds, that's the biggest slap in the face on earth. I mean, there's only one thing to point to, in my opinion, and that's the character. That means your tiebreaker between those two is character. That means you liked Ortiz better than you liked Bonds. That's the only thing I could think of. We're going to make uh, exceptions for, for David Ortiz because that test wasn't supposed to be public. We're going to give, we're, we're going to, I mean, he was supposed to have, you know, full, it was supposed to be full transparency and he was not even supposed to be uh, uh, leaked in that, in that survey testing, but he was. He was a part of the steroid era. He used steroids or he used whatever he got popped for. I don't know what exactly it was. But the fact that the, the fact is the Hall of Fame is not something that is consistent anymore. It's really not. It is really, really not. And that is a sad thing. It's it's upsetting for the history of baseball that people that watched Barry Bonds in his prime are now in their, you know, 
late 30s, early 40s, maybe 20s. They're in their 30s. They can't take their kids to go find Barry Bonds' plaque. You know, hey, son, this is the greatest baseball player I've ever seen in my life. He's not in. But it's a museum, Dad. Oh, we don't recognize the bad, though. You know, and that's something that more and more, not just in baseball, but in the world, you know, not recognizing the bad. We're just going to keep making the same mistakes. I'm sorry. It's just not a good lesson. If we were to wipe history books away of all the bad things that have ever happened in the United States, let's use the United States. Every bad thing that ever happened to the United States and there, oh man, there were some bad things to happen. There were some bad eras. There were some bad events. But if we wiped all of that away, Man, we would not have learned anything. We'd be completely different. We learn a lot from our mistakes. Okay. And when baseball put steroid testing in and PED testing in, it was such a welcome sight. Okay. It was a welcome sight. Nobody's ever going to cheat again because of it. And if they do, they're going to get caught. But the fact is that system was put in place after a whole ton of denial. Whole ton of denial. Bud Selig, I'm pointing at you. You can put your hands in your pocket all you want. But the fact is you knew what was going on. The owners knew what was going on. Players knew what was going on. Everybody knew what was going on. But you know what? The glory, the moments, all the happy, the, the numbers, the records going down. It was all overshadowed. All right, it was, it was all, um, what's the right word? It was all a distraction. You know? Well, that's not, you know, why are you blaming the steroids in Mark McGuire's locker? You know, he, he's, he's on a great pace right now. You're just, you're just a hater. You know, he's not doing anything. God, I hate the arguments so much. I hate the arguments so much. And if Barry Bonds ever gets into the Hall of Fame, and, you know, as we've heard, some of the Hall of Famers have said, you know what, we're not going to go. We want the Hall of Fame clean. I would like to know what they've done in their career to get ahead. Because if you do anything in life, if you work, if you play a sport, anything you do in life, you're lying if you say you've never tried to get ahead or, or never tried a shortcut or never tried to do something to make you better. You would be lying. So some of the old-time Baseball Hall of Famers, honestly, they don't have a say. That's my opinion. They don't have a say. It's a fraternity amongst them, but it's not a fraternity to the baseball fans who deserve to see the best players get in. Oh, gosh. You know, I, I, I don't even know where to stop. I don't know how long this is going to be. Uh, oh, I, you know, I didn't even finish my point there. I want to go back. I want to backtrack. 
if bonds if if bonds ever gets elected by a veterans committee which and let's be honest those committees are tougher on steroids than the writers are and you know what the hall of fame picks out that committee so that's when we're really going to get to see the hall of fame's true colors am i right i mean it's going to be so interesting to see who they put on that um that uh that panel of voters because we're going to see true colors come out. We're going to see what the Hall of Fame, who said, you know what? Vote on your own. We, we're not going to tell you how to vote. We're not going to define character clause f- further. Figure it out on your own. The Hall of Fame, man. Their true colors are going to come out. They're going to take a side when they assign that committee. They are going to take a side. And if Bonds gets elected by a committee, he does not deserve The Hall of Fame. No, stop. Steven, what are you saying? If Bonds, let me let me say that again. If Bonds gets elected, the Hall of Fame does not deserve Barry Bonds. They don't deserve a speech that he does. They don't deserve his presence. They don't deserve Giants fans being there. You know what should happen? If Bonds gets elected, do it in San Francisco. Do it the place that he packed out every night. Do it the place that is known for stopping and watching this guy. Do it there. Build a statue. You know, Terrell Owens 2.0. But at the end of the day, you know what? This is something to be upset about. If you're a baseball fan, maybe for an eternity. Maybe for a few years, maybe a few weeks, maybe a few days. But I think the, the, the real fans of baseball know, and the real baseball fans know that Barry Bonds doesn't need the Hall of Fame. You know, everything he does, everybody knows it's, it's pretty valid. You know, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need the recognition. I'm sure he doesn't care. He's played that face for years. And I feel so bad for that guy who had the career that he had. Did he cheat? Of course he did. Of course he did. But who didn't? And the other people that cheated are in the Hall of Fame. But I feel so bad for him that he's got to answer those questions for the rest of his life. And that would be such a shame if he doesn't get in. You know, and his godfather, Willie Mays, is not, you know, is not around to see him get in. That would be a shame. That would be, so yeah, you know, that's all I got for today. The baseball writers got it wrong. They messed up. They had a chance to vote in the best pitcher of all time and arguably the best player of all time, and they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They gave him seven MVPs. They gave Clemens all the Cy Youngs. But when time came for for them to uh, get enshrined into the Hall of Fame, nope, no support. But yet we're going to we're going to make money and then create um, some uh, some uh, a name for ourselves as writers. During this steroid era, we're going to make money off of it. Our articles are going to get clicks. 
We're going to get new newspaper subscribers. You know, the home run chase, the, the, the Chicago and St. Louis writers who covered that. Those guys were thrilled. That was the time of their lives. Their readership was probably so high. Everybody was trying to look at the paper the next day to see if McGuire or Sosa hit one. And years later, all those baseball writers have changed their mind. What a shame. What an absolute shame. I want to go to Cooperstown soon. But I feel like if if I ever get there, there's going to feel some feeling of, uh, you know, emptiness. Something that's missing. So, yeah, that's all I got. That's my rant. Hope you guys enjoyed. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at RizzoCast. Um, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, new episode of RizzoCast coming out soon. We're stepping closer to 100. Stay with us. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great day.